Yo soy Antonio. Welcome to another edition. It is your Tony Basilio show. It is a Friday. We will be taking your calls later on. Hold them. Mike D. Boy Huguenin will be joining us here momentarily. We've got some uh, news percolating that hold your horses on Oklahoma and Texas. Could it be true? Tennessee and Auburn tomorrow in the house that Bruce Pearl renovated as part of the program that Bruce Pearl brought back to life, the fruits of which um, certainly made the job a lot easier for Rick Barnes coming in here. Yes or no, Bino, on that? How do you plead to those two things, Beanstar? Uh, absolutely, Tony B. And uh, that's no slight at Barnes, but, you know, he he, um, he came into a place that was uh, used to winning with a, some sort of standard of winning that um and and uh as Jerron Maiman, who's on with us on Garza Law Tennessee basketball overtime, said the other day, you can expect a full throated effort, a full orange throated effort. Who I thought had a great blog today, by the way, over at T Club team, but you can expect and Matt Dixon's got some great stuff on the game the other night, on this game tomorrow. But you can expect a full uh orange throated effort from Bruce Pearl and his club tomorrow. It's a weird thing when these two teams have gotten together. Brian, what's the record right now? Seven and four, seven and three. What's what's uh, Pearl's record against Barnes? I think uh up? I think he's seven and four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he lost his first I think his first three of his first four and then he went on like a five game five game winning streak or something like that against him. Five or six games. You mean to tell me Barnes got the better of him early on? Barnes, well, Pearl had a rough couple first two or three years there. Mm-hmm. And Barnes won, I think, three of his first four. Mm. And then when Pearl got it going, I think he went on like a six-game streak on Barnes. And even though Tennessee was pretty good during that streak, Pearl always seemed to get the best of him. Beanstar and I haven't heard from you. Since that Del Boggle, thank you to Brian, thank you to Matt, thank you to John Adams yesterday. I was at the doctor yesterday. I got a shot for the swelling in my head uh, yesterday. Um, they tell me I've got some kind of inflammation thing. We're trying to figure it out. But uh, needless to say, it's not fun. Pound, just excruciatingly pounding headaches. The other night I was talking on the air. And this is just, I'm just going to give you a little insight on me. I, I'm, I'm so damn hard-headed. Laura was telling me since Monday, go doctor, go doctor, go doctor, go doctor. So Wednesday night, I'm sitting down here, and every time I talk, my head up top is just pounding. Boom, 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 boom. Every time I say a word, boom, boom, yeah. So finally, I walked upstairs and I said, I quit. Like, I had an I quit match with myself. And I don't know why men are like that, Bino. A lot of us are like that, though. We don't want to go to doctors. And um, last time I waited, they, they checked me into a hospital. My doctor looked at me and said, what, what are you doing? Like, this time they said, ah, you just, you know, you got something going on, but it, we don't think it's terribly serious. But it's pretty painful for you. So thank you, um Brian, thank you, uh, the crew. Appreciate you guys helping. Um, Beanstar, I'm not sure what's worse, talking and feeling a reverberation in the top of your head or watching the last 10 to 12 minutes of that Tennessee-Florida game the other night. 
but I'm sure somewhere in there lies the truth. Yeah, Tony, glad you're back. Uh, hope you're feeling better. Brian and uh, John and Matt did an excellent job yesterday. Um, yeah, it, uh, other than about a seven-minute stretch right in the middle of the game, uh, Tennessee was pretty much unwatchable uh, throughout the course of the evening there. You know, they for whatever reason, they followed probably their their best performance of the year uh, Saturday night against Texas uh, with one of, if not their worst of the year uh, at Florida on Wednesday. Um, it, was, it was definitely a sandwich game, but uh, <clears throat> Tennessee was flat for whatever reason. Um, and they had a night where uh, they're, regardless of how good they are defensively, uh, you're not going to overcome a night when you shoot like that. Ain't happening. These guys, I mean, these guys are good defensively, but they ain't that good. And here's a problem this team has. And this could prove to be a, a, a very serious flaw down the line. They, Wes Rucker wrote a piece, and he's right, which I talked about today, and he's, he's exactly right. I mean, for a team as good as this one, their low gear is idle if it's not park. And if they park it, in March, they're going out. I don't care how good you are defensively. Can't allow a team of Florida Zilk to go on two seventeen two runs on you. Just can't do it. That, that's never going to happen. That's never going to work. And, you know, the crazy thing is Florida is such an incomplete team that even as bad as Tennessee is, Florida still had two, count them. Uh, Tennessee had back-to-back three balls from Ziggy that gave them a six-point lead. And w- when they led by six with ten minutes left, everybody listened to the sound of my voice that so watched that game thought the Vols were winning. Didn't you, Bino? I thought, oh, they're going to come back and win this game by about 15 now. Yeah, I did as well. I, I didn't think we would uh, relinquish the lead once we got it. It was shocking how Florida came back. We weren't guarding at that point. And it was weird. It was almost like the Vols let up. Like they thought, oh, well, you guys aren't going to have the juice to overtake us. It's almost like one of those deals when you dig a hole for yourself. It takes a lot of energy to come back. And then once you come back, you don't have that sustained energy. I watched Houston last night. I, I went kind of nodded off. Who ended up winning the game, Bry? Houston or uh, or do we know the Wichita? Houston yeah, Houston, Houston came back and beat them. It was, you talk about an ugly game. Tennessee and Houston. That would be like a fist fight in a phone booth, those two teams. Yeah, Houston has the same issue uh, that Tennessee mm-hmm. uh, has, which is I've seen them on a couple of occasions where they look somewhat flat and and couldn't figure out a way to score points. Yeah, they're, they, yep, they're bad nights are dreadful, Bino. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, they are. And, and listen, when your bad nights are dreadful, you're going home. I mean, Tennessee's team, I, look, I'm not going to play March, you know. Like I told my doctor yesterday, I said, you know, I'm not a doctor, but I play one on the radio. She said, you wouldn't be a very good doctor. I hope you don't play <laughs> one on the radio. You know, I sit there and and I look at this club and I'm sitting there going, can you advance in March? And get to an Elite Eight with a club that looks like that? And the answer is no. 
But then I was talking to Y last night, and he reminded me, because he agrees wholeheartedly with what Wes Rucker wrote, which is, for an allegedly elite basketball team like Tennessee is, they have a terribly, terribly low idol. They just do. It's almost like the car's not even running when they go into that mode. You know, I I think another thing, Tony, is because of Barnes' team's penchant to get eliminated from the tournament a round or two earlier uh, than anyone anyone thinks they should, uh, I I think we've also lost the tolerance uh, to watch regular season basketball the way that you need to watch it to keep from driving yourself crazy, which is I don't care how good a team you have. Uh, in a 30-game schedule, you're going to fill up five or six stinkers. Yep. Every time we throw one up, we look at it and look at it as a preview of what's going to happen in March rather than just looking at it as this is regular season basketball. This is what happens basically to, to everyone. Word is bond. We come back on the other side. Mike Huguenin on 3.com. We also preview the Auburn Tigers who come in here. Stephen Effin Pearl. Do we do Stephen Effin Pearl Day tomorrow and drop his name from the rafters as we continue after this? Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter. Like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning. Built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919.
Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today. 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia to 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. This is Drake. Join Clayton Harris and I on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays on our new show, the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour, beginning at 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. That's on Monday, Thursdays, and Fridays. Everything Southern Middle Tennessee, from college to high school to pro, you name it, fantasy, we're going to talk about it. Be there on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 4 o'clock to 5 on the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. Hi, I'm former Sheriff Enoch George with 30 years experience in emergency services. I know how important it is to locate an address that's in need of help as quickly as possible. An LED light bulb has been developed and manufactured that glows red, white, and blue flashing light to be placed on your front porch and turned on when you have an emergency that will help the responding emergency services to locate your home as quickly as possible. You can obtain your LED light bulb at Mount Pleasant Fire Department and all of your local fire stations. For more information, contact Fire Department at 379-1005. 379-1005. Seconds counts. Get your light bulb today. I wish you and your family a safe and happy new year.
Do you use Elf Bars? Old School Vapor has over 100 authentic flavors for only $18.99 each. Check out their other January sales like buy one, get one free for select Escobars, 25% off glass pipes and Mike Tyson's Delta 8 Bites, or 50% off smell-proof bags. Go shop Old School Vapor's selection of over 200 cannabis products from brands like Looper, Torch, Hidden Hills, and more. Check them out on Instagram or Google Old School Vapor to find your nearest location. That's Old School Vapor. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM, Columbia. Tony B. back with you. I talked to the great Marco Scarzi yesterday, having a grand opening of uh, his new location up in beautiful Campbell County, God's Country, U.S. of A. The great Mike Huguenin now joining us, and, you know, he's with On3.com, and I just got to ask Mike if he'll be my Valentine, because with Valentine season around the corner, my friends at Bradley's are back again on the show, Uh, and uh, I'll be telling you about them momentarily, but somebody's going to win some chocolate-covered strawberries in milk or white chocolate, courtesy of my friends at Bradley's Chocolate, and the world is never, and I mean ever, 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 ever ever going to be the same again there is news percolating this morning it is breaking out left and right It is moving across your device from right to left and through your vertical hold Hughie, i welcome you and Hughie, do you think the younger people listening to us know what a vertical hold is do you think they know um, what that is no no you may as well say dial a uh, dial telephone do- or a you know you got the fact that you had to there were actually pay telephones on every corner of every city yes. for for 90 years. Do, do so you do you remember playing with the tent on your television or your vertical hold to the point? Oh yeah, you you mess with the vertical you'd hold screw and you have rabbit ears and you're like, you know, this station um maybe the, the the signal got weaker at night or whatever like a radio station does, but no, yeah, those were vertical holds and horizontal holds, no question. Yeah, I had a brother who his his the way he saw color was weird, and so you could always tell that he was down there watching the TV, fooling around with the color. Because, like, we'd watch the Flyers, and they'd have like red jerseys on instead of yeah, their. Yeah, he'd, uh, he'd be like, "No, they're perfectly orange." Yeah, they're, they're <laughs> <fun to> <laughs> which remind which which is a great segue into this um, Oklahoma Texas deal because the rest of the world's looking at this thing. You and I were talking last week. When's the SEC going to release this new schedule? Let's get it on. Bang a drum, bang the drum, get it on. Which uh, you probably like the power station version. No, I, no, power I am station, for the no, T Rex no, version of that because no. I, I have credibility. But of course, you probably you know. No, I, I Electric Warrior is a is a tremendous album. All right, so moving along here, Electric Warrior. Um, I think some. I, I think somebody once said whether it was the uh, OJ's money, 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 or money for nothing, Dire Straits, or money, Pink Floyd. At any rate, Eddie Money. Uh, this thing right here. What is going to happen? Pete Thamel today, who has become the Adam Schefter of these uh, college reporters. They've ESPN just funnels all their stories to him. He is putting out on Twitter today that they're at an impasse, and it looks right now like Oklahoma and Texas are going to stay in that league till 2025. What do you think? Yeah, there's, I think, sort of four, 
financial aspects at play. There's the exit fees that Oklahoma and Texas would owe. There's Fox wanting compensation of some sort, whether that's actual payment or, you know, we're going to give X amount of money to Fox or we're going to lower our TV costs to Fox because Oklahoma and Texas are the Big 12's biggest TV draw. And there's also, if, if Oklahoma and Texas come in early, the SEC would tell ESPN our TV deal has gotten worth more money. We want more money from you to show Texas and Oklahoma in 2024. So that's, I guess that's actually three big financial aspects. So uh, it's hard to get all three aligned. Um, but, the, you know, the, the idea that money would potentially be a hang-up for schools coming early should, should surprise absolutely nobody. Because if you're surprised by this, you have not been paying attention to college sports for the last 45 years. Because it's all about one it's thing. It's all about money, yeah. yeah. It's disgusting. And I think the, the, the you know, I, I was under the impression that there were barriers, but they were going to be knocked down. But obviously they have not been knocked down. So the SEC is probably also thinking, well, we ain't really the schedule aspect. No, we're, st- we're staying at eight. So we got two more years of this stuff, folks. Isn't that incredible? Yeah, and they don't need to, and they don't need to tease anything um, until it's official as to when Oklahoma and Texas are coming. So there'll be 1.6 million stories written about potential SEC schedules in the next two years if Oklahoma and Texas do not move early. But the financial aspects, again, the the. I think I don't, I don't know if it was conventional wisdom, but there were. You, you heard people saying, and I heard people telling me that yes, there there are barriers, but they're going to be knocked down, and Oklahoma and Texas are coming in 2024. But obviously, those barriers have not been knocked down. There's hundreds of millions of dollars at stake, and when it gets into the you know, if it was eight million bucks, no problem. If it's a hundred million, that that becomes yeah a, a vastly bigger issue. Bino, Jeff Henderson, jump in here with the great Mike Hugan, and he's on 3.com. Those guys are doing insane, insane work each and every day. Bino, Jeff? What do you think's worse for, what do you think would be worse for the fans of the Big 12, uh, Mike, for Oklahoma and Texas to be in the league for a couple of years with the, with the new uh, realignment? People kind of get used to playing against them and seeing them. And then two years down the road, they're gone. Or if they were to just get the heck out of Dodge right now and let that new conference go on as is. That, yeah, that's if Oklahoma and Texas, especially Oklahoma, was coming off a 10 or 11 win season, I'm thinking the Big 12 is like, no, we want Oklahoma to stay because they have a chance to get into the playoff. And that impacts our league in a positive manner. But because Oklahoma is coming off a 6-7 and seven season and there are legitimate questions as to how strong they're going to be in 2023, and, you know, and Texas is the sort of the poster child for programs that always, always are back but never, but never truly are, them in Miami. So um, I still think Texas and Oklahoma being in the Big 12 is a net positive for the Big 12 when it comes to not only football, but basketball, 
softball, baseball, swimming, gymnastics, basically every sport. So um, it, it is going to be unwieldy for two seasons, evidently. Well, we know it's going to be at least unwieldy for 2023 because the Big 12 schedule is already out. But if it's 2024-2, I think most Big 12 schools will grit their teeth and say, yeah, we can put up with this for one more year. And to your point, they actually will make more more money TV money. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, I, I didn't really stop and think about the network side of this, but you know, when you when you're the SEC and you bring 16 in, all this or uh, add to all of a sudden, I'm cutting my pie two more ways. But right, and that I think that's part of it. We're, we're going to cut our, our pie 16 ways, but yeah. by God, the pie needs to get bigger too. ESPN. So, and, and, and again, you're, you're taking the Big 12's two biggest TV draws by wide margin out of that league. So now, Fox, will the, Fox would want to be compensated somehow. And if you're the SEC and bringing those two teams in 2024, you want to be compensated as well. Because, you know, this, is, this isn't this is a, it's everybody hold hands and sing kumbaya. This is, if we can make 60 more million bucks this year, we're going to make 60 more million bucks. Now, if when they gather together this summer mm-hmm. and next summer to split the league revenue, up, mm-hmm. will Texas and Oklahoma still get the share they would have gotten had they never been leaving the league? That, that is something that I'm not sure mm-hmm. of. I, you know, I live in Orlando. Obviously, UCF is in Orlando. They're mm-hmm. going to the Big 12. And I've seen, I haven't seen any concrete figures on how the league is going to divvy up money um, from the 2023-24 season. Um, I would imagine that if Texas and again I'm not 100 percent sure of this, but if Texas and Oklahoma are still in the league and haven't paid any kind of money to leave early, then they're getting what they deserve. And I think that if you don't do that, Texas and Oklahoma file lawsuit. Go ahead, Bino. Hey, Mike. Um, uh, speaking of uh, UCF, uh, how how are their fans viewing uh, this uh, swap to the Big Twelve? Awesome reaction. Yeah, they're ecstatic. I don't think they care one iota about Oklahoma and Texas are leaving. I think they're of the opinion that finally we're in the true big leagues. Um, you know, yes, we won the national title, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, a couple of years ago. But this legitimately, we're in the big, we're in the big leagues now. Um, the recruiting class, I would argue, was disappointing. Um, they're 49th, uh, or they're not. They're in the top. I think they're around 45 in the on-three consensus. Um, they did some okay work in the transfer portal. They also lost some key guys in the transfer portal. But I would have thought Malzahn's – you know, last year and the year before, you were selling the idea, we're going to be in the Big 12 eventually in 2023, so come join us. Well, this class, you could say, you're going to be a freshman in the Big 12. And I don't think they made as much hay from that as they should have. But the fans are ecstatic. Um, all the sports are going to have much better schedules now. Um, you know, you know, Iowa State might not move the needle, but it, it's better, I think, if you're a UCF fan than playing Temple or playing Navy in football or playing Memphis in football. So um, that's, you know, Oklahoma State, 
It's a big deal. TCU's a big deal. Baylor's a big deal. So UCF fans are beyond ecstatic. Breaking it down scientifically, let's move closer to home here. Um, You wrote an article this week about transfers that no one's talking about from the SEC or overlooked or that you ought to know about, and and you included a couple um, uh, vols in that, new Tennessee players. Uh, If you could elaborate. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Keenan Peely. Is he an all-SEC linebacker? Of course not. But is he a physical dude who's good against the run and has a bunch of experience? Yes. And I don't think there's anything wrong with adding a guy like that. He is going to add some physicality to the defense. He's a big thumper guy against the run. You know, I don't know if his pass coverage skills are that good, but I still think adding a guy who started at BYU for two years is a big deal. And the the tight end, McAllen Castles, um, they're, they're getting him from UC Davis, where he played for Dan Hawkins the former Colorado and Boise State coach. Um, He's a guy who signed with a Power 5 out of high school. I believe it was Cal, and then ended up at Cal Poly. He was productive. He's a big guy. Um, I know that Fant is gone. They bring back Warren. I'm not sure that Castles isn't a better receiver than Warren. So, um, you know, Tennessee is not not an offense that's going to throw 70 passes to the tight end. But, you know, Fant is gone. I think you got a nice – Tennessee's got a nice two-man duo at tight end with Castles and Warren now. Um, and I don't think there's going to be much drop-off from the receiving standpoint. In fact, the group uh, – again, I'm, I'm a Castles fan. Now, obviously, I haven't seen a bunch of tape on the kid because he played for an FCS school. But you look at his stats, you look at the offense he plays in, uh, I, I think that was an, an underrated pickup just like Keenan Peely. Now, Keenan Peely – I'm sure a lot of Tennessee fans were like, oh, look, we added a linebacker who was a three-star guy at a high school. Well, you know, he's played a lot of football, and he's played at a school that plays a bunch of Power 5 teams, and he's, again, he's a thumper against the run. And that's really what Tennessee, Tennessee desperately needs, uh, somebody that can hit, set a tone, anybody in that sport right now. Uh, needs a player and they also like brought that. in the Omar Norman Lock kid from from Arizona State, and you know, is he a guy that's going to play thirty snaps a game? No, but I think he can play twenty or twenty five, and he's a Power Five guy, part time starter, experienced, a very nice rotational piece, and I, I think that's what a lot of people get hung up on when it comes to the portal. Um, you know, it's like when you. A high school class, I don't care what school you cheer for, oh, I can, this guy's going to be a star, this guy's going to be a star, this guy's going to be a star. Well, to me, the portal is you, you occasionally hit it huge, as with Hendon Hooker. But you also need key depth pieces. You need guys who can play, and you, you need guys who can hold their own when they're in the game. And I think Omar Norman lots a guy like that for Tennessee, too. I think... Heupel and his staff did a really nice job in the portal bringing in guys who can be solid, key, rotational pieces for a team that wants to challenge for the SEC East title. Yeah, and then, you know, and then every once in a while, like Indiana, right, when they, when they take a Taven Jackson, they're thinking, 
Let's take a flyer on this guy. Are they thinking maybe he starts for us? Is that can we expect I to maybe that, see that? I think they are looking at him as a potential starter. Maybe not twenty twenty three, but twenty twenty four. Plus, he's on campus with his brother. Um, you know, his, his and his brother is a legitimate stud hoops player, um, Trace Jackson Davis. Um, but no, I think Taven Jackson. I, I think if you're Tennessee, you might be a little bit disappointed that he left because no, he didn't. Imp- wasn't that impressive as a true freshman. But I think also quarterbacks, i got a story coming Monday. Uh, It's mind-blowing. You know, Kevin Jackson was a top 20 quarterback in the 2022 class. Three of the top 11 in that class have already left their schools. So they've been on campus for a year and already have moved on. 2018, 16 of the top 20 quarterbacks transferred. So... Um, it's, you know, it's not a surprise. And I think Taven Jackson is a guy that Indiana looks at. He's an Indiana kid. We think he can potentially start for us one day. You know, it's really a, it's a volatile position. And, and the, the weird thing about that deal is that five-star guys bust all the time. It's such a strange deal, isn't it? And, yeah. and, and there's such a high level of expectation from both the school and the athlete. That when it doesn't work out, they go. They immediately just get out of there. Right, well, and, that's, and quarterbacks are the outlier because you know you have you have three stud running backs. All three are playing. You got five good receivers. All five are playing. You got five good corners. All five are going to play. Same with safety. Same with linebackers. You rotate your edge guys. You rotate maybe six defensive linemen. Um, you're playing two or three tight ends. Um, you're playing eight or nine offensive linemen per game. Well, unless something happens injury-wise or it's a monster blowout, you ain't playing more than one quarterback. So, And most teams want to have three or four, at the minimum three, mostly want to have four or even five quarterbacks on scholarship. And if you're right, if you're a young guy who, who looks and sees, you know something, I'm not playing here for at least two years, I'm hitting the road, that's what happens with quarterbacks. Whereas I think a corner back might say okay it might take me a year or two to start but i'm still getting 40 plays a game i'm i'm going to stay here and show my wares and maybe i'll transfer somewhere or i'll wait my turn and play 40 plays a game but eventually be a starter here quarterbacks don't think the same way and i'll be honest nor should they the great mike hugan and breaking her down scientifically with us on your tony basilio show here on this friday so hugie on on um uh, on the way out here, Alabama and Tommy Reese, boy, offensively, I mean, usually when you go and get somebody, you go and get somebody to put up some pretty good numbers. Then again, how much did he have to work with at Notre Dame? Yeah, I think I, I actually like Tommy Reese as a hands-on coach. I would give him an A, as a, because I think he his quarterbacks develop. They get better. I mean, Ian Book was a productive college quarterback. Last year, his guy, um, Buckner, goes down early in the season. They put in the backup, Drew Pine. They get to eight wins anyway. And I think that's a reflection of Tommy Reese. I think where Reese gets dinged, he is not a good recruiter. Um, and his play calling, I would only give a B plus. Now, part of that, though, you, you look at Notre Dame, their receiving core – Take away Michael Mayer, who's a stud tight end. Their receiving core 
is just a bunch of guys. And I think that has to be looked at when you take a, 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 a much broader look at Tommy Reese. Again, I think he's a good developer of quarterbacks. I think quarterbacks who play under him get better with their technique and the nuances of the game. He's never had an elite quarterback to work with. He, um, I don't think he's ever yeah, – the receiving core, maybe he's had one or two guys, but not a really good group. His running backs have been, have been solid. His offensive, the offensive lines have been good, but that, that's not his bailiwick. He's not an offensive line coach. But I don't think that's as bad a hire. I, it would be a surprise because his name did not come up until yesterday. And you actually hear people, oh, Stevens is going to go out and get Cliff Kingsbury. Give me a break. The Ryan Grubb thing was interesting, and I'm a little bit surprised Ryan Grubb turned it down. But Tommy Reese is not like some bottom of the barrel guy, for God's sake. What do you? Why? Why would that Grub guy turn down an opportunity you know, so it, to, to get in the table? No, he and yeah. the Moore are extremely close, um, and he also, I think, maybe he thinks he can be a head coach in 2024, leaving Washington. Um, he did phenomenal work last year with Michael Penix. Um, he, he was a good offensive coordinator at Fresno as well when he had Jake Hayner. Um, I, I was surprised by that. Washington is paying him a boatload of money. I believe he's the second highest paid coordinator in the Pac-12. He might be the, first, might be the highest paid. Um, he is a West Coast guy, um, and he is close to DeBoer, and maybe he looks at what Washington has coming back on offense and says, Forget USC, forget Utah, forget Oregon. This is the best team in the Pac-12 next year, and he might not be wrong. Wow! So the I mean, great, Washington yeah. won 11 games this year, and their defense was their secondary was horrendous. God, we got a horrendous out of Utah. Their secondary is going to be better next fall. Mm-hmm. Um, they got a key transfer from Oklahoma State to Bar Muhammad. Um, plus, it'll be the second year in this defensive for this defensive staff. Um, you know, Washington. Everybody, oh, TC, what a great first season it was. Tulane, what a great turnaround it was. Well, Kalen DeBoer. I mean, Washington was a dysfunctional mess for two years. Their offense was rancid, and last year's Too offense long. was incredibly good. And Pennix. Penix coming back is a gigantic deal. I do not know why that guy's not getting more Heisman hype. He led the nation in passing yards per game. And all three of his top receivers are back. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Brian, you buying or selling? You you buying or selling? Penix for the Heisman, Brian. I'll buy. Why not? This year, if uh, Caleb, if that Williams kid can win it this year, I think anybody could win it next year. But it's a, two straight out of the uh, out of the pack, whatever they are right now, whatever's yeah, going to be this, left this to them. Year, the difference will be Penix will go into the season with some offseason hype. That's how Washington's going to be preseason top ten, that and works. we all know Heisman voting is predicated on your team getting a lot of preseason pub and following through. And I think Washington is going to do that. Hughie, on the way out, I appreciate you. Did you watch any of the Shrine Bowl last night? No, I watched, well, I watched about ten plays. Yeah, I did too. Um, but I was watching some college hoops. There's a lot of really good college hoops this weekend, the including games. tonight. 
What's on the night? Extremely underrated rivalry, Kent State and Akron. Two best teams in the MAC. The schools are 12 miles apart. It is a nasty rivalry to the point that before the, the MAC title game last year was Akron-Kent State. Before the game, video surfaced of Kent State players. No, I think it was, yeah, Kent State players using adult language to disparage Akron. Um, four players were suspended for the MAC title game for a half. And Akron blew their doors in to go to the NCAA tournament. Um, it is a nasty rivalry. They call it the wagon wheel rivalry because there, at one point, at one time, you could obviously take a wagon, a covered wagon, from the two campuses. Boom! So rock me, mama, like the wagon wheel. And uh, Hughie, thanks, man. At, on three, on three dot com. Yeah. By the way, he's got a uh, special report coming on Monday regarding quarterbacks. Look forward to it, man. That's special report. It's just, it'll be a well-written story. Oh, thank you. Good talking to you. All right, man. I'll talk to you next week. Thank, thank you, Hughie. I'm not prone to hype, though, Bean. I called it a special report. Special report. You didn't play the music. <laughs> So, Brian, on the other side, Mark Murphy, is that right? The uh, former safety with your Green Bay Packers. Bino, do you remember Mark Murphy? Uh, one of those, no. One of those white safeties, late 80s, early 90s. Let me look that no up. No relation to Dale Murphy. Let me look this up real quick. Bino, your thoughts on Hughie's uh, appearance Or on Brett here. McMurphy. Your, your thoughts, Bino. On, uh, his appearance was information packed as usual, mm-hmm. and he's he's right. February is a really good month to start watching some Friday night basketball mm-hmm. with some of these uh, one bid conferences as they as, as they uh, buy for position in their uh, all important uh, conference tournaments. Marky Boy Murphy, I will have you known. Have you know, uh, Bronny Boy? is an American football executive, currently serves as president, chief executive officer of the Packers. Prior to that, he was the AD at Northwestern, played as a safety eight seasons for your Washington Redskins, 1977 to 1984. And for some reason, I thought he played for uh, your Green Bay Packers, but it was actually the Redskins, where you won a Super Bowl. The great. You bow your head. Mark Murphy's going to join. And our Mark Murphy, Brian, is affiliated with whom? He is not the president of your Packers. He's the editor of the All Access Auburn Tigers magazine. All right. And i got to ask Bino if he believes the Vols will have their hands full tomorrow. Or will the Vols roll your Auburn Tigers like shall Herbie Hancock say a joint cigarette? I believe it's going to be a tightly contested game tomorrow, Tony B. Yeah, that'll make my head pound. <laughs> but then again, everything right now is making the old head pound. As we continue with more rancid, pretty good radio so far. If I can say so myself. We'll take your calls an hour or two. Also, we're going to do a tribute for a fallen caller who has left us way too soon. 
the Brady, Kenny Brady. We'll talk about uh, our interactions with him and his life and times as well in the second hour. Tennessee and Auburn getting it on. Bang the gong. Get it on, as they say down in the mid-state. More after this. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM, WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can always count on us for a great selection of late model, low mileage, one owner vehicles. All have been thoroughly inspected and are ready to go. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Looking to sell your vehicle? Great news! We're paying top dollar for your trade. All makes, all models, and in any condition. Trade in and trade up today. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can count on us. Why do people trust Till's Jewelry with their jewelry repairs? Hi, this is Terry Tillis. We feel each piece of jewelry is important to our customers and they deserve the utmost care with every item that is brought to us. Your jewelry is inspected when we receive it to determine exactly what repairs are needed. A photo is taken and documented and then it goes to our goldsmith. Once the repair is completed, the jewelry is re-inspected to make sure it has been restored to its original condition. Come see us at Till's Jewelry, located in Columbia and Lewisburg. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. Hey guys, this is Mary Catherine with Bug Out Termite and Pest Control. Did you know that most insurance plans don't cover termite damage? Termites cause $5 billion in damage every year. Having a termite inspection done by a termite professional once a year is the best way to determine your home or business is termite free. Our technician will help you determine the best treatment solution for you. Call us today to schedule your inspection at 931-380-9009 or visit us online at bugouttennessee.com. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Baird's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. This is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Did you know that Columbia Ace Hardware carries Magnolia Home Paint by Joanna Gaines? Columbia Ace Hardware is the only Magnolia paint dealer in town. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood, along with the award-winning service and advice Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Come see us at Columbia Ace Hardware and Power Equipment. We will be glad to help you. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. This is Drake. Join Clayton Harris and I on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays on our new show, the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour, beginning at 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. That's on Monday, Thursdays, and Fridays. Everything Southern Middle Tennessee, from college to high school to pro, you name it, fantasy, we're going to talk about it. Be there on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 4 o'clock to 5 on the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. 
Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Join us Saturday, March the 18th for Columbia's Breakfast Rotary's fourth annual Shoot for Our Stars Sporting Clays Tournament. This tournament is a community benefit fundraiser for our fantastic local youth and veterans organizations. If you'd like to participate in this great event, contact me, Rhonda King, at 931-398-5511 or contact us online at www.facebook.com slash shootforourstars. Hello everyone, Clayton Harris here. As Little League District 8 Administrator, I'm excited to announce that Little League Softball is being offered in Murray County for the first time through Spring Hill Little League. This allows every kid in Murray County the opportunity to play Little League Softball. Each division will offer All-Stars, just like Little League Baseball, with the opportunity to compete for a chance at a Little League World Series. It's ages 4 through 13. Registration ends this Friday. For more information and where to sign up, go to shll.us. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. Tony, be back with you on this incredibly great Friday. So glad you're with us. Excited to have you alongside Tennessee and Auburn tomorrow. And, you know, this is a rivalry. You know, Jeff Henderson, I, I put it in the blog today. Let's face it. The Pearl Barnes aspect of this, Rick Barnes is an ultra-competitive guy. He does not like looking down at his name and seeing that he's got a 7-4 deficit to Bruce Pearl. This is a guy that wins a lot of games. That's his ethos. He rolls out of bed. He racks up regular season. You know he does not like looking down at that thing and seeing 7-4 on the side of Bruce Pearl because the the whispers in the community are still there for Pearl because Pearl – carried such a, uh, and still does, carried such a, whatever you want to call it, a large shadow, I think, is the term that comes to mind here. Uh, yes, and, and from the other end of it, Tony, I think Pearl's a guy that still has good feelings toward everything at Tennessee, with the exception of the administration, uh, and and I, uh, I mean the old administration and some of the power brokers uh, that are always here. Uh, that I think he takes great, although he doesn't flaunt it, I think he takes great pride uh, in beating Tennessee. Mark Murphy, editor, inside the Auburn Tigers magazine, who's nice enough and kind enough to join us on this Friday. Mark, what do you think? Do you think this one's got a little more sauce on it for Pearl for the reasons that uh, Bino Jeff Henderson just elaborated? Yeah, I wouldn't dispute any of that. And, uh, you know, he's got a lot of friends in Knoxville still. You know, every time I've been up there, I mean, he's just mobbed by yep. people when he comes up to play, and people just want to say hello and and thank him for whatever. Because you know, he and his wife did a lot of really good things there in Knoxville over the years, raised a lot of money for a lot of good causes, and played a lot of good basketball there also. And uh, you know, he's the kind of guy that gets focused on one game at a time, and I think. That's one of the reasons he's been successful. If you ask him about, you know, 
a game next week. He won't even really didn't want to talk about it because he says, I'll worry about that then. And, uh, but yeah, they will be very focused Saturday. The second half of their, uh, SEC schedule is pretty incredibly tough. Got to play Tennessee twice. Got to play Alabama twice. Got to go to Texas A&M. Um, so, you know, any aspirations they have, uh, to repeat as SEC champions, uh, are going to be very tough, tough to, uh, get there because, you know, Auburn's not as good as it was last year. And, uh, yeah, it's a good, Auburn's a good team, but you know, the team that Tennessee beat last year was really, really strong. It's, it's interesting. You know, you, you talk about how Auburn's not the same team that they were, but they're not bad either. And that's the thing. They're, they're a rather dangerous opponent coming into this game, Mar, for, from a Tennessee standpoint. Because when Auburn gets a clicking, uh, they can be v- extremely formidable. But they're kind of like Tennessee in that, Mark, they have that gear where when they lose their sink, whatever the term you want to, uh, on the offensive end, they can be kind of dreadful, can't they? Right. And, you know, Pearl's teams at Auburn, you know, developed a reputation for being really good three-point shooting teams, and this team just hasn't lived up to that. Uh, been more of a get-the-ball-inside type of team, and because of that, there's not as much margin for error. So when they have off-shooting games, uh, they really have to rely on their defense. And I think the defense, for the most part, has been really good this year. It was certainly uh, good in the first half against Georgia on Wednesday night, and the team actually played really well offensively. Uh, Shot around 45, 46%, made nine threes. But what really stood out is they had 22 assists and just five turnovers. Mm. And, uh, they don't turn the ball over a lot. Uh, it gives them a chance to win against good teams. So that'll be a number to watch on Saturday because Tennessee will be the most physical team uh, they'll play all year. And that'll be the challenge for Auburn's guards. They're not real big. Uh, and sometimes they can get trapped and, and turn the ball over. Yeah, and you wonder if Tennessee does trap a bunch tomorrow uh, and tries to create some some easy points um, because truly that is something they need to do more of. They need to create some more easy points. You know, I was looking at uh, something that uh, both Matt Dixon and, and also uh, Mark Griffin had in their uh, game prep over at tclub.team, by the way, where you can see our work. I'm going to let Mark tell you where you can find him momentarily. Uh, but um, Auburn makes 29% of their threes on the year, which is just hard to comprehend for a Pearl team that they're 335 out of 363 Division One teams. I mean, Mark, that just, for a guy who came to Tennessee playing the way they played out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, got to the Sweet 16 there playing the way they played, that is almost incomprehensible that they could be that bad shooting the ball. Yeah, they really have not uh, been on shooting threes. The thing that sort of countered that and why they're 17-5 and is uh, they've been among the nation's leaders in preventing teams from making three-pointers. Now they're allowing 27.8. Georgia sort of messed that up. Uh, Wednesday night got incredibly hot shooting three pointers, but Auburn was so far ahead, it, it really didn't matter. But, uh, um, you know, if you hold a team to 
shooting 27.8% from the field and uh, on three-pointers and 39.4% overall. That's going to sort of uh, negate the fact that you're not a great shooting team. They're okay shooting from the field. They're right at 45% overall. But, yeah, 29.9% from three is not like one of his teams. So uh, they're trying to get that um, corrected the recruiting class coming up. But for right now, um, it's interesting to me. I think their best three-point shooter is actually one of their big guys, Jalen Williams, a senior power forward. He's shooting 37.1%. He needs to shoot the ball more. <laughs> I keep asking him to, but he's a very unselfish player. He's only taken uh, 62 three-pointers. Now, Wendell Green is hot and cold, the, the point guard. Yep. And he's been playing really well in the SEC lately. and uh, uh, He had a couple of really nice three-pointers on Wednesday night. Uh, he comes out and starts hitting some three-pointers. That sort of tends to give the team a lot of energy and confidence. So that would be something yeah. to watch. Both teams um, are so yeah. similar in terms of the start really matters for both of these clubs tomorrow. Bino, Jeff Henderson, jump in here. Mark Murphy editor inside the Auburn Tigers. Good, Bino. Mark, I've got a couple of quick ones for you here. Um, first off, um, there, there are positives and negatives to uh, having productive one-and-done players uh, like Jabari Smith for Auburn and, and Kennedy Chandler for Tennessee uh, last year. The, the positives, of course, are obvious. One of the negatives is how, unless you replace them immediately with someone of their level, how do you adjust to the loss of production that you got out of them? How do you think Auburn has adjusted uh, thus far to not having Jabari Smith? Yeah, they've had to play differently this year. They're more guard-oriented than they were last season. And, uh, you know, something that's helped a little bit is, you know, Alan Flanagan is a senior this year, and he's starting to play really well. And last season, he was very limited because he suffered a partially torn Achilles tendon in preseason. He just wasn't his normal self. So that's one of the things that's helped him come along. And then they brought in uh, Janai Broom uh, out of the OVC, a, a very good big guy. Um, he'd actually come to Auburn and played. And I remember watching him play against Walker Kessler. Hard to outperform Walker Kessler. And, uh, he didn't do that, but he, he had a solid game against him. And right now, Broom's averaging a double-double in the SEC, 15.2 points and 10 rebounds a game. And um, he had 19 points and 18 rebounds against Georgia, and they held him out in the final playing uh, rotation. If not, he would have uh, had a 20-20, but Auburn was way ahead. They just had uh, the rest of because they got six games, three games in six days. So, um Broom is a good player to watch, and uh, Tennessee's so strong on the front line. It's going to be important for Broom to stay out of foul trouble tomorrow. And uh, that game last year at Knoxville was very costly at Auburn because Walker Kessler got hurt in it, and he was never healthy the rest of the season. And that's one of the reasons Auburn didn't play nearly as well down the stretch. And uh, Kessler's worth is being shown in the NBA now. He's having a great rookie season. He's going to be playing in that uh, uh, 
Rising Stars All-Star Game along with Jabari Smith coming up out at Salt Lake City. By the way, is that surprising you how well he's played in the NBA? No, no. I saw him in person. He was really, really good. And uh, I remember first day at practice uh, in the summer before last season, uh, uh, he came in there and I was watching him. I was going like, this guy is different uh, on defense. He's so long and he's very athletic. And, uh, you know, he plays like a guy, like he's 7'4". And he's just like having putting up great numbers in the NBA. And, you know, interestingly, the Jazz just recently said there's only two players on their roster they wouldn't trade, and he's one of them. So uh, he wasn't drafted as early as Jabari Smith, who was the third pick. Uh, Kessler was in the 20s. But uh, uh, it looks like he's having a, a better rookie season than Jabari. Of course, it helps to be on a lot better team because Houston's not very good where Jabari Smith's playing right now. As we visit today, Mark Murphy joining us. Let me do this. Quick legal ID, and then we come back. He's editor inside the Auburn Tigers. We'll continue our conversation. Give me, give me 10 here. WJBE, 1040 AM, 99.7 FM. Translator, W259AD. Powell, Knoxville. Keeping it live, keeping it legal. Bino, your second uh, item. Go ahead. Uh, Mark, you've got ESPN uh, because my second question was about Broom asked and answered, and I'm not good enough at this to just ad lib a, a different one, so uh, I'm done. You know, the thing about well, it is, yeah, uh, Broom's playing really well. He's a, a, a 6'10, 235 left hander, and uh, well, I remember watching him in the OVC championship last year going against Kyle Williams. Uh, He's now at LSU. Mm-hmm. Talk about two big men putting on a show. Uh, you know, Williams is playing really well at LSU as well. So, uh, yeah, this, it's going to be interesting to see how he matches up. But uh, to me, Bino, I mean, Auburn's undersized guards against Tennessee's guards, that's going to be uh, a big matchup because uh, uh, when Auburn's guards play well, they, they tend, the whole team tends to play well. The guards are off. Uh, they can struggle to score. And, uh, you know, Tennessee's tough enough to score against as it is. I think Tennessee's the best defensive basketball team uh, in the country. I don't think anybody's even a close second right now. I kind of feel like Tennessee feels like they have a physical advantage as well against those guards. And on the offensive end, they're going to try and get their guards going uh, tomorrow because they about disappeared uh, the last time out. Uh, saves a Kai Ziegler, but they really need Key to start scoring. You know, Pearl's had really pretty good luck out of the transfer portal, and Barnes hasn't. Barnes, uh, for whatever reason, it's been very difficult for transfers to shine. What do you think it is about Pearl and and the the plug and play approach with transfers? You know, take Wendell Green for example. Uh, he's a guy that uh, from Detroit. They brought him in out of the OVC after his freshman year at uh, Murray State. And, you know, he had seen him before. Pearl goes out and does a lot of personal scouting um, of high school players, um, whether in high school games in the AAU. And uh, so he really liked him uh, at the time that Auburn 
was didn't need another point guard, but you know that point guard go pro early, and they had they were looking for somebody to fill that spot, and uh, they thought about Wendell Green, and they saw he entered the transfer portal. They called him, and uh, he was definitely interested. So uh, they haven't hit the transfer portal real hard. Um, Broom was the only guy they brought in this year. I imagine they will, you know, probably bring in a big shooting guard uh, uh, for the next class. Uh, they've got a really outstanding uh, a point guard committed, who's um, one of the best in the country. But they could use a guy with some size, maybe six three, six four, who's really physical and can guard some of the big physical guys they have to play against in the SEC. Yeah, Wendell Green, I don't know what he's listed at. Oh, let me look real quick. I think he's listed at, uh, let's see, 5'11", 175. He's probably 175, but if he's 5'11", I'm the queen of England. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, like Zakai Ziegler, right? I don't know what Tennessee list him at, but that guy, that five guy's nine. that guy's about five six. Okay, standing that maybe five seven, maybe five seven on a good day. Which to me, when you can play like the season Zakai Ziegler's having, which is he is an all league player right now. I mean, he is unbelievable how well he's played. At for those little guys to go out there and play like that is in that sport. You could have a lot of heart. Which uh, which I I can appreciate, and you know I enjoy watching those guys like Jigger the play who are really quick, smart, and athletic, and I mean they make college basketball fun. And college basketball, for the most part, to me is still a guard oriented game, and uh, and and that's why when Ziegler and Santiago Escobar are playing really well, and and, and Josiah Jordan James, I man, it's just it's hard to beat. And they're hard to beat at home, but if they get those guys going, um, boy, uh, you know, this is probably one of the toughest places to play in college basketball. And, uh, you know, every once in a while something crazy happens, and Kentucky, who's been playing just pretty mediocre basketball all year, comes in and plays a great game against Tennessee, to me, which is like the most surprising uh, conference results so far this season. I didn't see Kentucky winning that game. Um, but uh, I think the most surprising thing that's happened is Alabama getting walloped by Oklahoma in the SEC Big 12 Challenge because how well Alabama's playing. But just for a conference game, I didn't see that one coming. And, you know, losing Tennessee losing at Florida, yeah, that's not expected. But Florida's tough to beat in games. Todd Golden's a really good coach. You know, he was on Pearl's staff here at Auburn for a yep. couple seasons, and I thought he was very good at that time. And then he went out to the uh, University of San Francisco and did a great job with that team. Guy's got a great look about him, too. Uh, one of my guys, Matt Dixon, the air night, said Tennessee lost to a guy at night. Looks like he should be selling uh, iPhones to somebody down at the Apple store. And the guy does not yeah, look like Todd a looks a little young still. <laughs> He's very bright. He looks yeah. like, a, oh, yeah, I know he's, he's yeah. He's an analytics guy yeah. through, through and through. But he's also, you know, really good with the X's and O's. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, hey, hey, Mark. So the SEC added yeah. some good assist new head coaches this year, and I think he's still a little over. On the way out, 
tell the living listener how they can interact with you, read your work, and I appreciate you, Mark Murphy. Thank you. Oh, glad to be on with you guys because you guys are serious about your sports. You know what you're talking about. Uh, 24-7 sports, just go to the Auburn site. You can find us, and um, we'll have lots of coverage. And uh, Auburn's hoping to get a really big basketball commitment this afternoon. We'll have coverage of that. LeBaron uh, Ballon, who's the number one prospect in the state, uh, class of 2024. So uh, uh, we have all kinds of recruiting coverage, football and basketball. Thank you, my friend. Good talking to you. Take care. Pearl's got it going, Bino. Got it going. They're kind of in a tweener year this year. This is a high. This is a. This is a game. Tennessee's just got to win tomorrow. They've got to figure out. You cannot turn one loss into two. Can't do it. No, that that's the deal, Tony. You have to. Uh, you have. You have to make that Florida game the outlier, uh, and come back and beat a team that you should beat on your home court and and get your feet back under you. Did you hear him say? You guys are serious about your sports and know what you're talking about? Brian, did he know what yeah. show he was on? Mark, I, I think Mark was mistaken about who he was on with. Yeah. I'm like, what? Talk about You know what you're talking about. Are you sure, Brian? Or do you misrepresent <laughs> yeah, yourself I think so. when, you, when you call these people? or? Oh yeah, I try gosh. to sell us up. You know, I always try to sell, do a sell job. Oh, yeah. It works most of the time. Yeah. Brian said, can you be on with John and Jimmy? 865-200. also, you know. Yeah. I told him that Roger thinks that this is the uh, most knowledgeable duo in all of Knoxville. I like when Roger yesterday had that slow burn uh, toward me. By the way, Bino, why do transfer players under Barnes just... Barnes just seemingly more often than not not work out here. What what do you think that's about? Because this poor key guy, he started over here, like in preseason, right? This poor key guy, all I heard was this this guy shoot the ball so well in practice. You know, he, he's had this shoulder injury. They feel so good about him. They feel this about him. He's going to do this, and he's going to do that. And then he starts so well. He starts so well, kind of like the uh, Justin uh, – what was the kid's name that's out on the West Coast right now, having a pretty good year? Pal, Justin Powell. Yeah, same thing. Starts so well, looks so free, looks so easy, playing so – this guy the other night, key. And I'm not trying to crack on him, Okay. But for those of you who didn't hear Garza Law, Tennessee basketball overtime, of which we will have another one tomorrow, this son of a gun shoots a ball from the corner, from the corner the other night, and it about took the eye out of uh, Castleton. It, he fumbled it off because it was a straight air ball. I mean, you talk about a brick, like a scud missile coming out of the sky. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, Tony. I, I don't know the reason for that. And, you know, I, I think when you look at Key, he's a guy that sat out an entire year. Yep. Um, that was a guy that was, I'm sure, relied on as the first option uh, at uh, Indiana State. Yes. Volume scorer. Uh, yes. And a volume shooter. Yep. And I just don't think that that's been the role that's been available to him here 
and I think he's lost confidence all along as he's gone. Bradley, he's there to provide depth at point guard and give Zakiah a breather. Brian, he's there because he can shoot the ball. That's what they thought they were getting in him. But that's what he's there for now. He he obviously isn't shooting the ball. Brian, he uh, Brian, he was. They've set him up for some. And I'm not picking at him, okay? I'm just pointing something out here, because though Barnes has had a tough time with these transfers, he still wins at such a high clip. A guy emailed me today, and he was like. Why is it that the five stars and the and I emailed him back and I said, great point. Five star guys under him, outside of Kennedy Chandler, it is a struggle. That's a good point. I mean, it's a solid point. And the transfers under him, it's a good point. I mean, those are. But you know what? The guy wins twenty five games a year. I mean, Bino, I know that's a cop out way to answer that, but it's the truth, isn't it? It, it, it. Is Tony and I, I think he also he also recruits a different type of five star player. I believe I, I I think he first and foremost looks for a guy that will be willing to defend when they come in, uh, and also a guy that may not have may not have the mindset that I'm going to take a game over. I don't think Barnes recruits a take-a-game-over style of player. Kennedy Chandler's probably as close as it comes, and he was a point guard that also distributed. Um, so. My friends at Bradley's Chocolate, I want both Bino and um, Brian Hartman to be my Valentine this year if they'll do that, um, along a growing list of men in my life. Uh, of course, Laura is my Valentine, but... Both of you guys are what would you what would I honorary Valentines, East Tennessee and Bradleys. It's a it's a Knoxville tradition unlike any other. We're going on three decades together. Time flies. Bradleys Knoxville's tradition. This year, chocolate covered strawberries and milk and white chocolate available on the thirteenth and fourteenth. Tons of other goodies. Rocky Top chocolate corn pop is. I mean, you want to talk about something that's unfairly good? But, you know, how unfair is that popcorn, that chocolate-covered popcorn there? It's unfair how good that is. Uh, it's pretty unfair how good everything is there. And <laughs> I like what Bino says, which is when he goes, he gets a double order because Shino gets some, and then he's going to eat some on the way home because he can't help himself. Yeah, she never know. She never know. She know. Uh, at any rate, Bradley's has it going on. They also have jewelry, cards, home uh, gifts and stuff. Joy is so good, has such a, such a great eye and so resourceful, and they're just precious people. Bradley's at 141 North, Peter, <clears throat> North Peters Road, easy for me to say. Again, Bradley's 141 North Peters Road. Eight six five six nine four zero four zero zero is the number. Well, guys, we lost one of our own uh, in the Brady, and uh, passed away uh, last week. Called our Garza Law program um, after the Texas game, and 
passed away shortly after that, I believe, at some point. And um, you, you talk about a guy who, down through the years, was just an all-time character here. Now, when I say character, I mean, that's a guy that, you know, we argued with, we fought with, uh, but we always had him and held him as a valued member of our dysfunctional, like I like to call it, our dysfunctional radio family. And Kenny Brady and his community helped him work with kids, was a coach, uh, was extremely passionate about his sports, and never, never, ever uh, let on in terms of um, – uh, his takes on things never was afraid to take a side and I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you a Brady story and then I'll let Bino share one the first interaction I can remember with him was back when we were having a conversation regarding Philip Fulmer should he stay or should he go and this is probably oh I don't know 20 or so years ago around 2005 and of course, on here from time to time, we've, we're just not afraid to give our opinion. And it's not for everybody. But D. Brady came about it in such a creative way. He told Bino and me, he said, guys, a reading from the legacy of winning. And then he proceeded, <laughs> that simpleton, proceeded to... Read some kind of chapter and some kind of verse, and me and Bino were on a remote together, and we looked at each other, and we were laughing so freaking hard because he stayed totally in character. He, I mean, we laughed so much at that, and I thought, you know what? This guy's a good sport. And so we got to know we got to know the Brady down through the years that way. I can honestly say I never met him. Um, I only knew him through the show, and then talking to him off the air um, uh, down through the years as he went through some things physically and uh, very difficult. But uh, I just want his family and friends to know that we love Kenny. Um, and we'll always fondly remember him and his contributions here. Bino, when I say the Brady to you, what, what do you think of? Uh, first off, Tony, you, you mentioned it, um, is the Brady was deadly serious ab about his sports and his sports takes, but he also got the lighter side to what we do here too. Uh, and uh, he was uh, uh, he was he was hard on on certain players or coaches. Yep. Uh, but he also wasn't afraid to take <clears throat> a swipe at himself, as he proved the day that he was on here uh, when he told us that uh, he had uh, made some type of uh, derogatory comment about. The Lady Vols play uh, <laughs> to Sheila Frost down on the strip, the best. who proceeded to come over and pummel him through the open tea top of somebody's Firebird or something. 
He said we're down uh, on Cumberland and- Avenue on a Friday <laughs> night. He said we're down on Cumberland Avenue on a Friday night. I had tears come out of my eyes when he was telling that story. And he, he goes, Shayla Frost. And that voice of his, he goes, and Shayla Frost, here she comes. Here she comes. Making a beeline to old V. Brady. And she proceeds, and he goes, and she's punching down on me. And my friend won't move the car, and she's punching down on me. Because do you know what it's like to get hit by a lady Vaughn when she's punching down on you through some T-tops? T. And he was calling me T, and he was doing that whole bit, and oh, my gosh. And you know what, and, uh, Pino? I think that's probably a true story. I mean, with E. Brady as mouthy as he was, I, 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 I oh, can yeah. see that happening. Oh, oh, yeah, I absolutely see that happening. And he, uh, you know, he went to his grave uh, without ever letting me know if he was sick. I, I know that Brady had to appreciate Philip Fulmer at one time. He he was uh, he was an offensive, D. Brady was an offensive lineman, yep. coached offensive line for youth and, and middle school teams. Uh, he, he, he never, he never could totally buy in with Hopple because Hopple didn't line up and just bludgeon people. Uh, he, he, there was a part of him that the old offensive lineman in him. So I'm sure at one time he appreciated former, but he never would tell me. He never would tell me if the legacy of winning stuff was just stick or if he really at one time believed that stuff. And it was just so great and that's to me the best artists the best magicians are the ones are the ones that um just don't show their cards yeah you know well we've had to do this too often for too many oh my gosh on here tony too oh. early oh for most and, oh. Uh, but i i want uh, to uh to wish uh, the Brady family and his friends uh, our prayers and condolences, mm. and uh, uh, we will uh, we will certainly miss the Brady uh, here at the Basilio Radio Family. Yep. And today's uh, blog like to, done in his honor in today's show. Go ahead, Bry. I liked his heel turn on Bulmer after the oh my god athletic department. He 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 went one eighty on Bulmer, and I love that. Yeah, he goes guys. Because I'm putting down my cut man, Bino. I know you think I'm his cut man. <laughs> um, Eric Waddell says also he would like to express his thoughts and prayers for for uh, the Brady. Um, so there you are, and thank you. And. Tell you what, let's do. We're going to come back. I want to get some calls in. I got to give away a box of chocolate covered strawberries between now and one. So I want to do that to a random caller. If you want to get on at 865 200 5402, I don't know how much overtime we're going to do today. I'm going to do my best, but we're going to continue on the other side. RIP the Brady. We'll come back after this. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. 
Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. A while back, I told you a story about Packer, our mascot, that Don found in the garbage truck after someone had thrown her out. Well, since then, I've been asked several times about Packer. Is she a dog or is she a cat? I guess I never thought to say, but she's a pit bull mix. And you can see a picture of her sitting in the driver's seat of Don's service truck on our website, garbagemaninc.com. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, memsmodernlandscape.com. That's memsmodernlandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. This is Laurie Cole, Executive Director with Pay Grace Forward. We are a community solution to predatory lending. We help people in Murray County who are trapped in payday and title loan debt. We do this through financial mentoring followed by low interest grace loans. To see if Pay Grace Forward can help you or to volunteer with our organization, please visit our website at paygraceforward.org or call 931-548-6797.
Do you use Elf Bars? Old School Vapor has over 100 authentic flavors for only $18.99 each. Check out their other January sales like buy one, get one free for select Escobars, 25% off glass pipes and Mike Tyson's Delta 8 bikes, or 50% off smell-proof bags. Go shop Old School Vapor's selection of over 200 cannabis products from brands like Looper, Torch, Hidden Hills, and more. Check them out on Instagram or Google Old School Vapor to find your nearest location. That's Old School Vapor. I got our favorite grocer on the line, Miles Johnson from Foodland. Miles, how are you today? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you? Doing fantastic. I know you got some hot deals out there, too. Oh, yeah. This week we have ground beef for $2.79 a pound, sirloin tip roast, $3.99 a pound, five-pound bag roasted potatoes, $2.99, and we have Sundrop RC 7-Up and AEW six-packs for 3 for 12 Wow, some great deals. And as always, uh, you're open seven days a week, 7 a.m. till 9 p.m., located right by the post office. Uh, you guys always have some great deals. If you need something, go in and ask somebody. They will help you. So, Miles, as always, you have a great weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you next week, okay? All righty. Thank you. Thank you, Miles. All right. That's Miles Johnson from Foodland, located right here on 427 West 7th Street, just down the road from the radio station. Uh, check them out. Like I said, they're open seven days a week, 7 a.m. till 9 p.m., and uh, they have a flyer located right inside the door. So if you're not sure what they got, so go check them out. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Tony, be back with you, 865-200-5402. Shout out Freddie DeLeon. The camera shots of him the other day over there on the sideline. Bino, first of all, the kid's hair is amazing. Secondly, his facial expressions are just, they're insane. Thirdly, I don't know if there's a person on planet Earth having more fun than he is right now on this first go-around. Oh, yeah, and the camera finds him because he has great hair. I mean, great hair, incredible facial expressions, like incredible. And I'm hearing really good things about him. Offensively, they say that uh, he's got uh, a lot of skill. Let's put it that way. And I mean a lot of skill as we get ready to go back to the phones at 865-200-5402 is the numero uno numero uno numero uno hello and welcome into our next call you're live on the program you're on your tony basilio show hi how my friends and compatriots doing hey today? w welcome in buddy i want to offer my thoughts and prayers to the, the brady family and friends and uh as most people know, we were we were kind of radio warriors against each radio other. Radio warriors, that's right. Me, Majors, and him, Fulmer. And yep. some of those years, I know, Tony, you put us on back-to-back on purpose, and it was great. <laughs> but uh, all oh, I think we respected each other. <laughs> no, Tony, ain't my style to pit callers <laughs> against each other. In fact, in my old days, we used to have a segment <laughs> called The Pit where we would put guys in there with each other and just let them fight it out. And back when I was healthy, maybe the Brady and I should have had a wrestling exhibition to raise money for fish or something. There but, you go. Uh, I'll miss the Brady. I really will. Uh, so my thoughts and prayers are with his family. And uh, I, I want to yep. move on to, I guess, the this SEC, Texas, Oklahoma thing. Let, let me try to get this straight in my mind. Two years from now, 
January of 2025, we will still be playing basketball and getting ready to play baseball with the 14 teams we have now. That'll be the last of that, correct? Is that right, Pino? Uh, Brian is better than this at May. I thought they were to come, yeah, I... come, come into the league 2025. Uh, does, that... does that mean they play football first here and everything else yeah. follows? I think I think they'll be in football first the way Missouri and A&M were football first before they played a basketball season. They came in in the okay. summer of 2012, which would be the summer of 2025. Would Yeah, they'd still be playing in their Big 12 two years from now. It'd be the summer when, I guess, July 1st, they'd officially join the conference. Okay, so this time in two years, we're still with the old 14-team SEC. Yeah, we have two and a half more seasons of this 14-team deal. And I guess I two more what, football it, seasons of, of what we have. It's going to be a mess for the Big 12 because they, they had their 12 teams ready to go, and now they got 14, and Texas and well, Oklahoma they, are going to be hated everywhere they play. You know, They've okay. already got the uh, well, Big 12 schedule out for 2023 now. W. Oklahoma and Texas. W. Lynn's got a really great point, guys. If Oklahoma and Texas think they're going to get a call from those officials in close games, think about that, Bino. Well, that'll be a good two-year training plan for coming in here and playing Alabama. <laughs> yeah, what, a it, be, what a great line. What a great line. Two years in football that we have to maybe make the big time before all this stuff gets scrambled again. That gives us two more football seasons. No, actually three more football seasons, doesn't it? Well, let's see. 23, 24. No, no, no. 23, no, two more. 24. Two more. Just, yeah. Well, it's a good chance to get a three-game winning streak on Florida if that annual game goes not yeah. annual anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Chains. So, uh, Chains. Well, I'm looking forward for the Longhorns to come in here for a three-game series with baseball. I, I, I hope I'm healthy and ready to go by then. Oh, uh, buddy, so, you're... But the the ground the amount of ground you've covered you might go out there and pitch before it's over W Lynn <laughs> I might do that uh, I was thinking of uh, this game with Auburn too Saturday I I hate saying this but in my own personal mind it's a must win because the way this fan base well, is going to really really go downhill well, if we lose this Auburn game you know what's interesting about our fan base Bino is so right. They catastrophize losses in hoops. Yes. And they're doing it under Barnes this year at a record pace, Bino. You know, you know what really kills me about this this fan base is that and I'm not again, I'm not gonna tell anybody how to think. But yeah. every team in that sport every team in that sport has off nights. But every time we have an off night, it's an NCAA tournament game. That's what people say. Well, this one tonight was like an NCAA tournament game, and and this is what it's gonna you know happen two months from now and six weeks from now, and and but, you know it was never that way before. It used to be ah, I no. just went down there and you sucked, and but it's turned into this thing where every single minute is a refer. But when you blow people out, that doesn't count toward March. That doesn't transfer. That doesn't translate. And W. Lynn. If Tennessee loses tomorrow and they lose two games in a row, and this guy goes to what will the record be against uh, Pearl Brian? 
at that point? Is it seven and four? So he'll be, be four, four and eight. eight if he loses. It'd uh, be uh, eight yeah. and four, I think. Woo! You do not want to hear our fan base um, dive your lint well, if that happens. You know, it's almost like uh, if they if they play really well yeah. and blow somebody out, the fans are like, well, the, wait till March. Yeah, he's regular March. season. They can't yeah. really enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. You know. And then if they, they look like crap, then – yeah, they'll be like, well, this is what they're going to look like in March. So they they can't enjoy it. They can't enjoy. No, anything. I mean when he beats people, it's well, he's just regular season Rick. Like I like, yeah, a, like it, a it's guy not you know, fair. Yeah, it's not. No, it's, it's not fair at all to the poor guy. Not at all. But uh, you know, once again, I you know I'm I'm Mister. Everybody get over there tomorrow, stuff yep. for the students, and be the sixth man. I mean, you know, we we need this one bad. Students have and, been uh, students have been absolutely. Excellent uh, since they've been back. And, and thank you, W. Lynn. Appreciate the call. They've been excellent. Let's go back to our phones. 865-200-5402. Hello and welcome into our next call. 39. Uh, let's get our next call in. Hello. Hey, guys. It's Celtic Drew. What's going on? Hey, Drew. Good to hear your voice, man. Hey, hey, guys. I just want to say real quick, when Brady called in and told that story about the Lady Vol. Mm-hmm. I about had to pull my car over because I was afraid I was going to wreck on 64. I was laughing so hard. And the I way mean, that was and his accent all time. Yes, and and in his accent, uh, Drew, and Touch the way down on me, pee. Yeah, the way <laughs> he goes, she was punching down on me, T. Do, do you know what it's like when a lady fall? And you're just like. Whether the story's true or not, I mean, the concept of T-Tops. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. And I'm imagining her with that late 80s, early 90s yes. hair just bouncing all over the place while she's just beating the car out of yes. it. Yes. Hilarious. Yes. Well, she, hey, I'm going uh, to try to walk the line right, between, be, because I, I don't want to be perceived the way that you guys were just talking with W. Lynn, but my, my honest thoughts on Tennessee is at this point, it, it it's rinse, wash, repeat as far as what we see year in and year out, which is we're a great team. I, I think that this is a great team, but for whatever reason, our offense just does not travel. And ultimately, I do think that's what's going to get us beat in March, and it might be the round of 16, it might be the round of 32, it might be the Elite Eight. But if you have an off night like that against a Loyola Chicago, against an Oregon State, against whoever it may be, you're going to get beat. There's no two ways around that. And I think the thing that concerns me the most about us, we have a lot of length that is a huge asset on defense, but how much of that length is an is a asset on offense? When you know that you're not shooting well from the outside. That's a really great point. Who can who can you trust to go down in the paint and get two points? No, Tomah did it the well, other night against Texas, but yeah. the bottom line is yeah. those games from him are few and far between. Adu is a really excellent uh, example of this, right? Here's a guy who on defense changes games. That's what he does. No doubt. I mean, and that was his calling card. Now, he's seen a diminishing role here. Because if you guys are seeing what I'm seeing as the year has gone along, on offense being star, that poor guy looks lost. Because when they put that lineup out there, Tony, yeah. I, 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 and you guys help me here, I think it's like Meshack, Adu. Oh, my gosh. 
Kamwa, um, Govi, and Key. What was was that the one, Brian? Was that the one they came out with after the yeah. first time out the other night when uh, yeah. they went on the twelve four run? Florida yeah. did. Yeah, they uh, they always seem to get three guys on there that can't score. We ought to we ought to come up with a name for that because there's got to be a creative name to come up with for that that particular lineup when they put that out there. It's almost like go score. You're telling the other team go score can't score. And there's got to be you better make a run. And that's you know so that just from. And like I said, I'm not trying to be that that guy that you yeah. guys were describing. But but the bottom line is length is great. Great. But to me, you know that you're going to get a, a defensive advantage from length. Where yeah. length is really valuable is on the offensive end. And when you have guys that are missing two footer putbacks yep. and are jumping and yes. trying to do these crazy reverse layups, yep. that that's not that's not an asset. And so. Our two go-to scores are Vescovi and Zakai. And Zakai, bless his heart, he's so good at creating space and using his body to create space, getting to the basket. But when but when you need those two points, you're not gonna you're not gonna get a lane like that without another guy coming down to help and, and stuffing that. You might get an open three, but you know that's that's just kind of, I mean, you're going to make it, you're going to mess it, whatever. Viscovi is not super athletic. And I think what this team really needs, you need a guy who's long and can score. I think about that that Auburn kid um, from last year, right? That's the sort of guy that you need. I mean, we had Chris Lofton was great at doing it because his shot, he lifted his foot, naturally created space and leaned back. Okay. That, that was kind of different. He didn't have to be crazy athletic or, or long because his shot naturally created space. We don't have a guy like that that can do that. And then when your offense doesn't travel and you're having a night like we had the other night, <clears throat> like we had against Colorado, you need a coach that understands at times, hey, I don't need to chew these guys' butts every single moment. We're struggling. And I know it's Rick Barnes' style, but I'll tell you who was great at doing this that I know from experience was Pat Summit. Now, Pat Summit had that intimidating stare. She would yell at people worse than Barnes did. Yep. And that got all the attention. However, she also was able to pull a player aside and say, hey, that was a great job, you know, this, that, and the other, keep going. She also knew her players well enough to not get on them when certain things happened and allow them to work through that. I had the honor and privilege of playing on that AAU team that the only men's team that she coached with her son Tyler, I, I got to play on that. Team. Oh, that's cool! Wow, it was very, it was very neat in the late two thousands, and it was, it was. It, well, I grew up around her, so I got to spend a lot of time with her. I got to go to three or four Final Fours, lots of wow. Games, I, got, I got to see these things up close and personal. The How way she cool. interacts with players, not just on the sideline but outside of the gym. And while I don't get to see those things with Rick, you get the impression that this hard-ass mentality that he has with his players, he takes that into interviews. He's that way on the sideline. He's that way in practice. At some point, you have to know, and Pat was so good at that, you have to know how to pat a guy on the back and tell him it's going to be okay, go play basketball. 
Because what I worry about the most, and I, I appreciate mm-hmm. you giving me time to ramble here, is in, in the NCAA tournament, there comes a point in time where you just have to go play basketball. And Tennessee, to me, has shown in the games where that has been a necessity in these tough, grinded-out games, all the way back to the Loyola game, right, in, in the Michigan game. These games that we've lost, except for the Purdue game, which was just a crap call against another great team, but we haven't been able to do that. And I think at some point, as the head coach of the basketball team, you have to be able to look your guys in the eye and say, hey, you guys are doing great. Don't worry about me. Don't worry. Just you know what to do. Go out there and play basketball. And you see guys who are worried every single time they make a mistake and every single time they come out who are getting their butts chewed out. And the best coaches of all time are able to do that, but they're also able to flip the switch and do the complete opposite. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm not yeah. sure Barnes is able to do that. And ultimately, I think that's what kills us in March, kills him in March, is when your guys are having an off night, are you as a coach able to lift them up out of that? Are you able to almost stand out of the way and be what – see, and Bruce Pearl was the complete opposite of that. He didn't know how to rein his guys in when they were playing that, that right. street ball. That's right. Like last year when that really excellent team of his – and I appreciate you, Jerry. Thank you. Really insightful. Last year, and I'm sure some people agree with some of that, some people disagree with what I like about that call. It's, it's, a, it's a really solid phone call from you, and I appreciate you sharing your experience with uh, the legendary Pat Summit. Last year, Bino, when Bruce Pearl's team got eliminated in that NCAA tournament, they looked totally uncoached, and you knew it was coming. You just knew it was. They were wild. They had those two NBA uh, first-round draft picks, the big men, that were not touching the basketball at all, and that's what your opponent wants. Your opponent wants Wendell Green and the rest of those jabronis shooting 40 shots that game. They, they got yeah, Their opponent got exactly what they wanted. Yeah, that Johnson yeah. guy, yep, yep. Yeah, I, I believe that that's uh, that's probably a fairly accurate portrayal of both um, Barnes and Pearl. Um, I, I think this year, Tony, I think it's going to be as simple as this. Uh, I, I I think Tennessee can go further than people believe they're going to go if if each game one of Julian Phillips, Tyreek Key, or Kamwa be that fourth scoring option that Tennessee's going to desperately need. If if they can just combine games, yep. Tennessee has to have a fourth scoring option uh, in, in order for teams not to just be able to totally shut them down uh, the way that Florida was able to um, on on Wednesday. Eight six five two hundred five four zero two. The the international man of mystery for me is Santiago Vescovi. You could not have convinced me when he was a freshman that he wouldn't have walked out of here as an all league player. Think about it, guys. He was magic when he first got on the floor. Those no look passes, all that stuff he was doing, the wheeling and the dealing, and he has turned into a guy when it the games get bogged down. He has zero chance on the floor. You could not have convinced me of that. It's really weird. You guys. do see him. You do see that in spurts with him. Yep. 
but it isn't consistent. No, he, he's turned into an international man of mystery for me, and I like him. I think he's a fine player. I think he's a fine college basketball player. I think he's a winning player because he's not afraid to defer. He doesn't always have to get his stuff in. But he gets in those games where he gets bogged down, and for whatever reason, it just doesn't work. It's really strange. Isn't that weird, Beanstar? Or, or am I wrong about him? No, no, I, I, I think you're right, Tony. I, I, for whatever reason, he, the guy that I saw first play, I thought would be able to create some space for himself. The guy I see play now can't. He, he's he's pretty one-handed, uh, and unless they can just run him around enough and through enough screens, uh, if, if if people are, are paying real close attention to him, which everyone does now, uh, Tennessee has a hard time uh, finding him enough shots. Back to the phones we go. Let's get our next call in. On your Tony Basilio show, on uh, well, what I hope for you has been a, a good Friday. Hello. Hey, Tony. It's Dave and Aqua. Hey, Dave. Hey, I have, uh, my condolences to the Brady family, and uh, uh, certainly going to miss his, his calls. And yep. I'm glad he got to call in uh, right before uh, he passed. And yep. uh, I know that uh, I know that means a lot to you and uh, and to your your extended family to yes, sir. to have him part of the show. You know, even that late in life, but. Uh, you know, it's funny. I, I've been listening. I think you guys. You know, I, I think what what defenses have done to Viscovi is is they they realize that Viscovi scores and scores at at a fifteen twenty clip place uh, clip pace. Tennessee's going to win, so they're doing their best to take him out of that game. And they, I mean, that kid, uh, that kid's in such good shape because he runs his butt off on the offensive end. Forget how how well he plays on defense now. Which I don't think anybody saw coming. Like you said, when he stepped on the court at Tennessee, he was dynamic. But did you ever see him being a, a, a great defensive player? And he's turned into one. And, but, you know, I think defenses are trying to take him out of the game. And to me, what that means is you've got some three point shooters that when they get their looks, they're going to, I feel confident they're going to make them. Yes. We've got some guys around the rim that can score. They can be a little inconsistent, but they can score. To me, this team is going to be as successful as they are on the backs of Triple J and Julian Phillips scoring mm. in the mid-range. Mm. Because, because to me, they're taking away the post. This is exactly what Florida did. They took away the they took away the post. They took away the threes. The middle of that court was open, and Triple J just couldn't get a shot to fall. And Julian Phillips continues to struggle a little bit, although he had some moments. You know what's weird about ball. Phillips? He only shot, shot four shots here tonight, made two yeah. of them. And if anything, and you talk about a guy that's a great defensive player. I mean, metrics-wise, the num- the numbers say he's Tennessee's best defender. That's what the uh, that's what the numbers say, which is why he's getting so many minutes. But he's not doing a ton on the offensive end. He is he's an absolute dog on defense, though. I mean, he wears people out defensively. When it comes to Triple J, I think there's a little. Uh, internal frustration with him would be the the word I would use talking to folks that he does not drive with the ball more, uh, that yeah. he doesn't yeah. challenge more. But, you know, at some point, it's just not his mentality to do that. It's just not. But but if you watch the Texas game, what did he do well? He hit contested two-point shots yes, he did. in that game. 
Seattle. very well contested. So I don't think he has the drive, but but he can take that ten to twelve foot shot, even mm-hmm. contested, mm-hmm. and make it. He can take his men down a little bit to don't have to go all the way to the post. He can take that his man down to the ten twelve foot area and get off and make contested shots. I was screaming Saturday to for 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 Triple J because I thought that game I, that game was a Triple J game. He, he should have been the guy that says, "Look, give me the ball." get out of the way, and I'm going to make some contested shots for this basketball team. And that's my always been my biggest complaint about him. I think he falls in love with the three. I, and and, and he's, he's become a really good three-point shooter, but that's not what we need. That's not no. what this team needs no. in most instances from him. If he makes a few, it should really be able to open up the middle for him to go, at, to, go, to, go to the middle and score. But I don't think it's necessary that he makes any. I think he's the guy – when the three-point line is being bogged down and the down-low guys are being bogged down, he's got to be the man. And this team is only going to go as far as he will. If he doesn't shoot the ball well, we're not going to win. If he shoots the ball well, we will we will continue to play well throughout the year. So appreciate it, guys. A lot of pressure on him. Dave and Ackworth just put on him. Yeah, and, and, and that that's correct. That's what defenses are going to give us. Uh, and they're going to be nights when they go down, and they're going to be nights when they don't. Uh, again, we we need we need someone that we can depend on, night in night out, other than Ziegler, Vescovi, and Triple J. We need that fourth score. I don't know who it's going to be, but we need them. Kermit Davis was bragging on Calipari the other night for what a solid coaching job Cal did against them to get out of there with a win. Cal Short, uh, the kid out of Texas, who's probably their best player, and then for a brief period of time played without their uh, their transfer point guard from um, uh, Georgia as well and still figured out a way adjusting and just kind of feeling their way through the game. Obviously, Ole Miss is down a couple players. I say all this to say, but John Calipari really gave the template for how you defend Tennessee. They they came into Thompson Bowling that day. They were down eight nothing. They come out of that second TV, that first TV timeout, and they got up on Tennessee. They extended that defense. They didn't let the Vols breathe. They said, "If you're going to score, you're going to beat us on the court." We're going to make you win one-on-one matchups. We're going to make your guards win one-on-one matchups. That's exactly what Florida did the other night. It's exactly now. Does Auburn have the ability defensively to do that? I don't think so. I don't think Auburn has the size uh, that that Florida does. Florida has an interesting combination in that they can't score a lick. They've totally sold out to the defensive end. They don't even attempt to offensively rebound the basketball. Uh, and so it it becomes a Rob Peter to pay Paul deal. Um, and Florida basically said, we're going to give you mid-range shots. If you can, you want to take them, this team's not taking mid-range shots. There's not. So they were trying to shoot the, shoot the long-range shot that they couldn't get. And then the other thing that they offensively, they kept trying to pound the ball inside, and Castleton – even though he only had two blocks, but, you know his two blocks for some reason the other night felt like ten because he altered so many shots. 
No, you're right. You're right. The the blocks only told part of the story. He was uh, he he was a main cog in keeping us uh, from getting second shots and getting good looks around the basket. And coming down the stretch, he was the guy, the one guy on the floor that either team could go to yep. and know he could get them some points. And so, kudos to him. We'll take some more calls. We'll do a quick overtime segment. <clears throat> I do want to say to the uh, radio listener, I appreciate you being with us. I value you. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. So you had an accident. Now what? Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Rams Body Shop. You can count on us to repair all makes and models. Our certified techs will take care of everything from frame damage inspection to bump out or replacement with OEM parts. We've got the expertise to make your vehicle better than new and get you back on the road in no time. Plus, our collision work is guaranteed for the life of your car. Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Rams Body Shop to the rescue. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us. Hello, this is Rick Tillis with Tillis Jewelry in Columbia and Lewisburg, Tennessee. What are you looking for in a jeweler? Knowledgeable staff? Experienced goldsmiths? Or true custom designers? Experienced working with clients creating that perfect gift for a special loved one? Well, you have found them. Tillis Jewelry. Wear this and so much more. Check us out at TillisJewelry.com or on Facebook and Instagram to see our latest creations. Tillis Jewelry, Columbia and Lewisburg, Tennessee. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. This is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Did you know that Ace now offers free assembly and delivery on grills over $3.99? It's never been easier for you and your family to have a great grill like a Weber gas grill, a Traeger pellet grill, or a Big Green Egg charcoal grill. Come see us at Columbia Ace Hardware, located at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, Columbia, Tennessee. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. 
Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. NASCAR's back. The NASCAR Cup Series. Green flag is in the air at the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. Heads back to the City of Angels. And they're beating and banging and Justin Haley hammers the inside wall. For another trip around the LA Coliseum. Off four, checkered flag is out and Joey Logano has done it. It's the Bushlight Clash at the Coliseum. Sunday, February 5th at 3.30 p.m. on WKOM 101.7 FM. Join us Saturday, March the 18th for Columbia's Breakfast Rotary's fourth annual Shoot for Our Stars Sporting Clays Tournament. This tournament is a community benefit fundraiser for our fantastic local youth and veterans organizations. If you'd like to participate in this great event, contact me, Rhonda King, at 931-398-5511 or contact us online at www.facebook.com slash shootforourstars. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee.